So this is just going to be a quick tutorial on, um, I'm just going to explain the, the way that I make disciples. So I have a very uh, specific process that I like to use. It's a disciple making plan. Um, when I'm training somebody to follow Jesus and, and, and I do this all the time. I mean, I am passionate about discipleship, personal discipleship, because when I first came to the Lord, I had some godly men that invested in me. They taught me how to pray. They taught me how to share my faith. They taught me how to obey God and live in purity. I mean, they just taught me the fundamentals of walking with Jesus, how to read my Bible every day. That was a huge one. And those those like fundamental things that they taught me early in my walk with the Lord actually laid a foundation that has has still serves me today. I'm so thankful for it. And And I've also seen the impact of over the years of just investing in other people and teaching them these fundamental things about how to walk with God, how to how to grow in your relationship with God and be fruitful. And so I've watched the effect that they've had on other people and been a blessing to them. So uh, so I'm going to share some stuff with you. I've been doing disciple making probably for, you know, nearly 30 years I've been making disciples in some way, like actively involved in making disciples and uh, for most of that time. And I would say especially since 2014, the last seven years, I have been devoted to studying uh, the science, if you will, of disciple making and just learning how to, you know, how can I be more effective at, at helping people get established in the Lord and grow in their walk with Jesus and bear fruit. And so here's some of the things that I do. So basically my discipleship plan, uh, there's basically three components to it. And I call it the 12 stories, five habits, and four milestones. And so when I somebody I lead somebody to the Lord, I baptize them, and I'm, I'm going to disciple them now. Or somebody, a believer comes to me, and they're a new believer, and they say, hey, would you meet with me and help me grow in my walk with Jesus and just learn some things? This is what I do with every single person that I disciple, is I teach them 12 stories, I train them to practice five habits as a way of life, and then in the process of doing that, there are four milestones that I encourage them to aim at and that they're going to hit eventually if they just keep going in the things that I train them. And when they do, we're going to celebrate that together. And so uh, here's what they are. So the 12 stories, uh, what that is, is I want the people I'm discipling to know the basic storyline of the Bible. The whole Bible tells one story from Genesis to Revelation. It's one unfolding story. Although it's 66 books, the whole Bible, it tells one story that from Genesis to Revelation. And I want right away, I want like people I'm discipling, I want them to learn that fundamental storyline of the Bible. And what I've done is I've identified 12 chapters. We start in Genesis 1 and we end at the, at, at the end of the book of Revelation. 12 key chapters that kind of trace the plot line of the biblical story from Genesis to Revelation. And each time we meet together, we read another one of those stories. And then we'll do a discovery Bible study question. So I'll ask them questions such as, um, you know, what we read the, the story and I'll say, what's your favorite, you know, what's the stuff that stands? out to you in, in this story. And then I'll ask them, this is my favorite question. I'll ask them, um, what did you learn about God? Like what he's like or about the nature of God? What did you learn about what God's like 
or about his nature from that story. If all you knew about God was what you just read in that chapter that we read together, what does that tell you about who God is and what he's like? And then I let them share. And then uh, the third question I'll ask them is, what do we learn about people from this story? And I let them just pull out things that they learned about the human nature and about people from that. And then I, I like to um, also ask the question, um, you know, what, what's one thing that you learned in this story that can help you in your daily walk with Jesus? And I let them share that. And I always make sure that as we're going through that, when we're meeting together, I try to meet with them at least ideally once a week is is what I like to do, where we set a regular time, a scheduled time where we're going to meet each week. And we just start each time we meet together, we read another one of these 12 stories. And then I ask them the, those discovery Bible study questions. And then I, I, I like to end with that question. Like, what's something you learned in this story that's going to really help you as you seek to live for Jesus tomorrow? And, uh, and I let them share. And then I always end with worship because the goal of Bible study is worship. I'm training them even as we read the scriptures together, especially the question where I'm like, what did we just learn about God, about who he is and what God is like? Uh, from that story. And then every time you read something in the Bible, I always teach them this, um, you're re like something in that story is going to reveal some aspect of God's beauty, of, of his nature to you. That's beautiful. And you always, you never want to take that for granted. Every time you're reading the Bible and you see something glorious about God and in, in the way he is, you want to stop and actually thank him for that aspect of his nature and then worship him in response. So let me give you an example. So we may be meeting together. We may read Genesis 1 and we see that God is the source of all life. So then what we do is when we finish discussing this story, we take turns worshiping God. And I and 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 I'll say, hey, I'll go first and then you can go after me. And then we um, and I'll say something like, God, I just thank you that you are the source of all life. I see that in Genesis 1. And I worship you as the creator of all things. And I thank you for giving me breath. Thank you, God, for uh, the stars. Thank you for the moon. I, I love the skies. I love the trees and the vegetation and the animals. Thank you that you made this planet. It's beautiful. I enjoy it. And I just began thanking God and worshiping him for what I just saw of him in that scripture. And then when I'm finished, I have them do the same thing with me out loud. I'll just tell them, hey, we're going to worship God now. Uh, do you want to go first or me? And I let them choose. And uh, But they know we're going to do this out loud. And so um, we do that together. So that's like the 12 stories. Is, and we just actually, each time we meet together, we just work through another one of those stories and um, until we finish the biblical storyline. And then they have a kind of at least a fundamental grasp of the main points of the plot line of the biblical story. So um, yeah, that's what I do for the 12 stories. And that's really essential part um, of what I'm teaching them. The second thing I train them to do when we're meeting together once a week is I train them to practice the five habits of a fruitful life. And I'll just tell you what those are. They are uh, Bible reading, regular Bible reading, prayer, a lifestyle of obeying God's commands. Godly fellowship is the fourth habit. And then the fifth habit is disciple making. I train them to make disciples. And so I'm very specific about each one of these five things. And I just tell them right away, they know what I'm doing. Like I actually have a piece of paper. I can show it to you. 
just like this, or I may, I have like a copy of this on my phone that's always with me. And I will just tell them like, hey, this is what I'm gonna do with you. And I show them the five habits of a fruitful life. And I'm like, I, I want you, we're gonna start building these habits into your life. And you're gonna do these for the rest of your life because these five habits, like your prayer life is essential to your spiritual health. Like not just today, but for the rest of your life. Like regularly, reading the Bible and gazing upon the beauty of God and washing your mind and your heart and recalibrating your heart and your mind in the scriptures is so important to your spiritual health every day for the rest of your life. And so what I do right away is the first time we meet is I immediately I said, let's get you a Bible reading plan. And I will ask them three questions to help them get a Bible plan. And I'll have them get out their phone and type out these three questions on the notepad or something on their phone or write it down on a piece of paper. And I'll actually tell them to do that, write this down because I want them to remember it and to go home and practice it so they can look it up again and remember what they wrote, their plan was. And I ask them three questions to get a Bible reading plan. First, I say, hey, when are you going to read the Bible each day? And I let them decide. I don't care when they read it. It's just everybody's schedule is different. Doesn't matter to me just as long as they're doing it. So they may say, I'm going to do it in the morning or I'm going to do it when I get home from school or I'm going to do it in the evening before I go to sleep. And I'm like, that's great. Whatever it is, I don't care. But I have them write it down. And then once they know when they're going to read the Bible each day, I ask them the second question. I say, listen, um, I said, how much of the Bible are you going to read each day? And there's two ways that they can do this. And I just give them the option. I say, you can choose, like, set a goal. Like, I'm going to read a certain amount of time every day. Like, 15 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day or an hour a day, whatever they decide. Or you can set a quantity goal in where they say, I'm going to read a certain amount of chapters per day. I'm going to read, you know, two chapters a day or four chapters a day or whatever it is. I let them choose, but write down something specific. What is your goal for how much of the Bible you're going to read each day? And what I encourage them to do is I, I tell them this, I right from the beginning, I said, listen, it's like I'm going to have you start in the book of Genesis right at the beginning of the Bible and just read the whole thing straight through like you would any other book because that's the best way to read the Bible and understand the storyline of what's happening. And so um, I tell them this. I was like, you know, it looks like a big book. It looks intimidating, but these chapters are short. If you read just a little over three chapters a day, you'll read through the entire Bible in a year. And so I'm like, this is doable. So a lot of times they'll be like, I'm going to read three chapters a day or four chapters a day or whatever it is. And But whatever they decide, that's good. So how much of the Bible are you going to read each day? And then the third question I ask them is um, for their crafting their own Bible reading plan is, what are you going to read in the Bible each day? And it's, you know, it's not the best practice to just play Russian roulette every day. And so many people do this, you know, where they're like, okay, I got to read my Bible today. And they get out the Bible. What should I read? I'll try Psalms. That sounds interesting. And Or nah, next day they'll be like, I don't know, maybe, how about Book of Revelation? You know, and oh, I don't know. I don't understand that. Let's read about Jesus. I'll go to John. And they'll be like, well, I don't know, maybe Genesis. And a lot of people, they just skip around in the Bible. But here's the deal. If, if you, any other book, if you read it like that, you would miss so many key important parts of that book. And and it's like start at the beginning and just read it straight through to the end. And when you finish, go back to the beginning and read it straight through again and just keep repeating that for the rest of your life over and over and over. And over those 10-year cycles of life, you'll probably read through the whole Bible at least five times. 
uh, just by diligently, methodically reading through the scriptures. Don't, you know, plow through the hard parts. You know, if you get to a part that's like, oh, this is a hard part to read, just plow through it. You know, don't skip it. Like all of it is important. And when you kind of read the whole thing, you know, six, seven years from now, even those parts that you're plowing through that seem really un- hard to understand today, they'll make sense to you six, seven years down the road because you'll be way more familiar with the whole biblical storyline. And so it won't be like these new foreign ideas to you. You'll get it more and more. So when I have them write the question, what are you going to read in the Bible each day? I want them to have a plan where they know when they show up to read the Bible today, they're going, they know exactly where they're going to read. They're going to start where they left and put their bookmark yesterday where they left off and they're going to pick up and keep on going. So I always encourage them start in Genesis and, and just read until you finish the whole Bible. And read the whole thing. It's just a big thing that I emphasize. Now, I don't know if there's anybody I just want to check here. It says I have no viewers. I hope I'm actually streaming right now. Um, I don't know if I am. I hope I'm actually streaming. But I'll just keep going in faith and hope that it's working. So if you have any questions, again, like about discipleship that you'd like me to answer, just you know, type them out in the comments. I'm hoping I'll be able to see them uh, when they show up here, and then I'll, I'll try my best to answer them for you. Uh, so, I, again, three components of the, my disciple-making plan is the 12 stories. I train them in the 12 stories, which I've already talked about. I train them in the five habits. So we talked about the Bible reading one. And then we aim it for milestones. So the second habit of a fruitful life is a prayer plan. I help them get a prayer plan. And for a prayer plan, I, I just I make it really, really simple to start with. And I just ask the same three questions for a Bible reading plan. I'll ask them, hey, write this down. I always have them write it down. I want them to have a written down plan. So I ask them, when are you going to pray each day? And of course, the goal is to pray, to stay in communion and fellowship with God all day long throughout the day. But I think it's really important to have a, a time of day that you set aside time to focus on God and to pray and read the word. So I asked them, when is that going to be? When are you going to pray each day? And then I let them write that down. A lot of times they do it at the same time they do their Bible reading. And the second question I asked them is this, as I say, um, uh, how long are you going to pray each day? So I have them set a time goal. Are you going to pray 15 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, you know, whatever it is. I don't care. Five minutes a day. I, I'm not even worried about that. I mean, five minutes isn't that much, right? But I just want them to get started and get in the habit of it. I, I If it's two minutes a day, I celebrate that. I'm like, awesome, two minutes a day. And But the thing is, is once we get this Bible reading plan, it becomes really easy for them to fill out two minutes or fill up five minutes, actually. And they're like, man, I need more time. And uh, I want that to happen. So I just want to get them going in the habit. So I say, how long are you going to pray each day? And they write it down. And then the third question of the Bible reading plan, I mean, the prayer plan is, um, what are you going to pray about each day? Because that's one of the hardest things. Sometimes you show up, it's like, okay, I'm going to pray. But then you got, uh, it's like, oh, what am I going to pray about? And you, and you can't think of anything. And, you know, I've been doing this like almost 30 years. And that still happens to me sometimes where I show up and I just feel out of it. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I just, I need a prayer plan to help jumpstart me into a spirit of prayer. And so I, I, I help them come up with a prayer plan of what they're going to pray about. And I, 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 I have them do this. I have them write it down. I say, okay, there's two parts of your prayer time. The first is worship. 
And I just usually I may get a piece of paper and just have them draw a line down the middle. On the left column, I say write worship at the top. And then I just say, okay, underneath worship, I want you right now, I want you to just brainstorm and think of 10 things that you really like about God or, or that you're just thankful to God for. And I just give them a few minutes to write those 10 things down. And they write it down. God, I love that you forgave my sins. God, I love that you're merciful. God, I love that you're pure and you always tell the truth. God, I'm so thankful that you've given me health. I'm thankful for my wife, you know. And I just let them create a list of at least 10 things. I have them write those things down. What are you thankful for? What are some specific things that you like about God himself? And then when you get to the worship time, just get your list out. And if you can't think of anything, just say, oh, yeah. And then actually talk to God and say it out loud to him. God, thank you that you've forgiven my sins. I love that about you, that you're merciful. Thank you so much. God, thank you for my wife. She's a gift from the Lord. Thank you. And it just helps get them in a flow of worship and prayer. And um, so that's what I do for that part. And I said the second part of half of your prayer time is going to be, you're going to be petitioning God and you're going to be asking God to, to do things. And I said, this is important because when you ask God to do things in faith, God will release his power and do those things because you asked when it's according to his plan. And there's things that God wants to do that won't happen if you don't ask him to do it. So I, and I, in the second column, just write prayer at the top. And I want you to write down, I'm like, what, what are five things that you want God to help you with or that you want God to help other people with? And what are you passionate about? What do you want God to release his power to do? You know, and they may write down, you know, hey, I want my mom to come to know Jesus and get saved. I want my spouse to get saved. I want to be healed. You know, I want God to help me grow in wisdom. I want God to help me at school. You know, I'm struggling with this class or I want God to help me in my on my football team, you know, that I'll, that I'll do good and I'll have a good season and not be injured. I'm like, you know, whatever it is. Or, and I was encouraged in this direction, you know, who do you want to see get saved? Is, is there a people in the world, a nation in the world that you, that needs to know Jesus, put them on your prayer list. If you pray for them, God will release his power and answer those prayers. So put them on there. And I just have them write a list of five to 10 different things, specific things that they're going to ask God to release his power and do for them. And once once they have that list, they've got a good prayer list to start with, honestly. And they can easily fill five to ten minutes a day just if they did nothing else but just go through their list and give thanks to God and worship him for the things they like about him and uh, ask him to intervene and help uh, for the situations and people that they wrote in their prayer column. So that's what I do to help people jumpstart them into their growing their prayer life. So that's the second habit of a fruitful life. Again, I just want to reiterate, I'm going to check again. Okay, if there's anyone just got a comment on here or a question you'd like me to answer about discipleship, just feel free to write it uh, in the comments. And hopefully I will see it. Like I said, I'm doing this. I've not done Facebook Live this way before. Um, I hope I'm doing it right. I hope this is even working and uh, I'm not wasting my time, but we'll find out when it's all done. Okay. The third habit of a fruitful life is a, is a lifestyle of obedience. And I talk about that from the beginning. Like when I share the gospel, a lot of times if I'm unsure if somebody's really saved, in the very first discipleship meeting, I clearly explain the gospel to them. Like clearly. 
And I, I tell them, I, Acts 2.38 and 2.39, I'm like, this is what you need to do to be saved. You need to repent of your sin. Like you can't just say, I'm a Christian and go on living in disobedience to God when you know something's wrong and you just say, I ah, forget it. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm like, that's not okay. Like you can't be a believer and just flippantly disobey God. Like to, to, to become a disciple of Jesus, you have to repent. You have to turn away from a sinful lifestyle and you turn to God in faith and you have to, um, and you have to follow Jesus and obey his commandments. So I make that clear from the beginning and they just kind of know that. It, like if I'm talking to somebody and sharing the gospel with them and they're not on board with committing to obey Jesus, now they may not do it very well yet. I mean, they're like, I want to obey God, but they're struggling, you know? And like, you know, they're like five times out of 10 when they get tempted, they fail, but they're sincere. And they're like, no, I really want to obey. I'm like, that's cool. I'll work with that, right? But if they're just like stubborn and they're just like in their mind, they're like, no, I I, I know this is wrong, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to obey God. Like, I, I'm just like, you know what, then like, you're not really a disciple of Jesus. I just, I'm straight with them. I tell them you're not a disciple of Jesus. And uh, uh, um, I tell them lovingly, but there's I, 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 I'm not going to invest in them and spend hours and hours a month, you know, meeting with this person, investing in them if they're not going to put into practice the things that they're learning. And so um, we just make that clear. A lifestyle of obedience is just fundamental. It's foundational for even being a follower, a disciple of Jesus. And so they know that. And so it's just kind of automatic as we go through and we meet every week. We just talk about, hey, what's God speaking to you about that you need to obey? And how are you doing? And because they'll bring up in the course of conversation, like, ah, oh, you know, I, I need I need to grow in this area or I'm struggling with this temptation to overcome and God's speaking to me about this and and it's different for different people but I kind of know what that is and so I'll ask I was like hey how are you doing with um you know not looking at pornography how are you doing with sexual purity how are you doing with uh not not drinking or not smoking or or how are you doing with being truthful and honoring your parents you know whatever it is with their thing that God's dealing with them about, um, I know what that is. And so I'll ask them regularly how they're doing on that and help them if I need to give them accountability for that. Um, one of the things that I'll just throw this in here. Uh, one of the things I offer people when I'm discipling them is I tell them, you said, you know what? Like, don't, you don't have to fight spiritual battles all by yourself. It's like God is with you all the time. And most of the time, you know, temptation will come. You'll be able to just, you and the Lord, resist it, put it out of your mind and and go on. And it, and it just kind of goes away and you're fine, right? But there'll be times where even though you're trying to resist the temptation, it just keeps hanging around and wearing you down. And you're just like, ah, oh, I'm trying to resist. I am resisting, but I, I, I feel like I'm about to cave and give in to this temptation. And I always tell them, before you do that, I was like, call me or send me a text message any time of the day. And what I'll do, and you don't even have to tell me what it is if you don't want to. You could just say, pray for me. And I'll know exactly what you're talking about. I'll know you're struggling with temptation right now and you're about to give in. And here's my commitment to you. I will immediately pray for you when I read your text message. Like seriously, I will pray for you and God is going to help you. And then what I'll do is the next morning, I'm going to send you a text message or I'm going to call you and ask how you did last night. And and what that does is it helps them in those moments where they're being 
excessively tempted and uh, it helps them uh, that ex- extra little accountability gives them the grace they need to um, to resist it because they know, man, Jeff's going to text me in the morning and ask how I did and I'm not going to lie and I want to be able to say I did good and a lot of times that just breaks the power of whatever they're facing right then and I've had guys tell me before like, thank you so much, you know, that helped me get through. So anyway, that's kind of obedience. I train them in the habit of obedience. That's the third habit of a fruitful life. Fourth habit of a fruitful life is regular godly fellowship. And that's where I'm training them to get in the habit of regularly meeting with other believers who are following Jesus. Not just to hang out and play video games or watch a football game or whatever, watch a movie together. I mean, that's fine. Do that stuff. I love it, right? But not just to do that. You need to be regularly meeting with other believers and praying together, encouraging one another, uh, ministering to other people and sharing the gospel together, studying the word together. I mean, doing the things that believers do in the Bible. Uh, you need to be doing that regularly. And so they're, I'm, they're already doing that by meeting with me each week. But then also as they lead other people to the Lord or we have other people kind of join our little discipleship group is I really encourage them to be intentional about maintaining that regular godly fellowship in their life. It's essential to uh, to have long-term fruitfulness in their walk with the Lord. And the final habit, the fifth habit of a fruitful life that I train them in is making the habit of making disciples. So I, I, and, and there's two, um, you know, I, I've done other videos on my YouTube channel. And I just encourage you to check out the Five State Revival YouTube channel where I have whole videos where I talk about the disciple-making process. I talk about, you know, how to go find a person of peace and do discovery Bible studies and baptize them and et cetera. Um, so I won't go into all that here, but I train, I'll just say this, when I'm discipling somebody, I actually, I do explain that process to them and I train them in it. And here's how I train them. I actually, I take like five minutes. I can do it in five minutes and explain the simple process of here's how to go find a person of peace. And when you find somebody who wants to know Jesus, meet with them to do a discovery Bible study with them. And then when they are ready to follow Jesus, here's how to baptize them and then start teaching them to obey Jesus commands like I'm doing with you. Right? So I, I can give them the overview of how to do that in five minutes. And then what I do is, here's the most important part of it, is I take them out to do it with me. That's the best thing. I take them with me and we go out and we go to some apartment complex and I'll tell them, I said, listen, all I want you to do this time is just watch me. I'm going to do the exact process I just taught you how to do and I just explained how to do it. Now I want you to watch me. I'm going to show you what it looks like and how to do it and what it looks like in real life. And you don't have to say or do anything this time. Just watch and pay attention to what I'm doing. I'm doing the exact thing I just told you how to do. And then I go out and I model it for them. And then when we find, I share the gospel, I I do the whole thing. You know, I pray for people until I find a person to peace. And then when I do, I ask that person to meet for a discovery Bible study. And I set a time, we come back and we meet up with them. And I actually have them do the process with me. And then what happens, I was like, okay, now you're doing that. Now I want you to do it. So this time you pray for the person and I'll be here. And if you get stuck, I'll be here to back you up. Um, and I, I just train them how to go share their faith, make disciples. And I, I do this from the very beginning in this way too. Uh, I always encourage them. I'm, I'm like, hey, who do you know? Uh, who do you know that would be excited to learn about Jesus what you just learned about Jesus? 
Go tell them about it. Go tell them what just happened to you. Just go tell them that you just gave your life to God and what he just did in your life. Go tell them the story that you just learned in Genesis 1 or Genesis 3 or whatever it was um, and, and invite them if they want to meet with you and read the Bible together. And I, I just tell them that from the beginning. And then eventually we get to the point as well where I do a, a more detailed training and I start taking them with me into the harvest and train them how to make disciples. And I, I want to just say one more thing about training a disciple to be a disciple maker, okay? It, I train them on two fronts. First, I train them just how to make disciples as a way of life wherever they are. But the second thing, and I really want to encourage you to do this, is making the Great Commission, Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. That's every people group on the earth. So I teach them right away. I was like, that's not... That's, that's not just making disciples where you're at. You need to be thinking about unreached people groups in the earth who have no access to the gospel whatsoever. And, and, and so what I do is I, I actually will sit down with them and I'll show them Joshua Project, the website Joshua Project. And I'll say, this is a list of all the unreached people groups in the world. Pick one of them and adopt one of them as your own and build them into your daily prayer plan. And and I'll even do this. I'll just say, hey, let's set a prayer alarm on our cell phones. You pick the unreached people group. And then at 10.02 a.m., we'll both set a prayer alarm on our cell phones to pray for that people group. So they may pick, you know, this certain people group in India. I'll say, awesome. And then we both set a prayer alarm for 10.02 a.m. And our alarm goes off and then we pray. And I actually give them three or four scriptures that they can just pray over unreached people groups that are excellent. And um, I might as well just give those to you right now. And so the first one is, ah, I'm not going to remember the reference. The first one is is uh, from Matthew 9. And I, and I pray for God to raise up laborers to preach the gospel and make disciples among that people group. That's the first thing we pray for. And the second thing, so I'm actually teaching them how to pray for unreached people groups. And I'm training them in it because they're doing it every day where they're setting a prayer alarm. And I do the same thing when my prayer alarm goes off. So a lot of times after I get done praying, I'll send them a text message. Or maybe I'll send them a voice memo of me praying for that unreached people group. And again, I'm training them. The goal is initially, I'm training them to make disciples locally wherever they're at. But also to be engaging the Lord in prayer. Uh to reach unreached people groups and other places in the world. And um, yeah, so that's part of making disciples. So if you have any questions about that, you're welcome to just put them in the comments and I'd be happy to answer them. Again, I hope this is really working. Um, we'll see. But I'm just going to do one more thing just to kind of wrap up this training video. Uh, the So remember, my discipleship plan... I'm going into lots of detail here because you should be able to watch this video and disciple anybody, okay? I trained them in. There's three components to the disciple-making plan. First, there is the 12 stories, the storyline of the Bible, okay? Second, I trained them to practice the five habits of a fruitful life. And third, I encouraged them to aim at four strategic milestones, okay? And these are four milestones. They're more like long-term goals, that helps them to just, but if they just persevere in practicing those five habits, they're going to hit every single one of these four milestones eventually. And I encourage them to aim at that because, and then we're going to celebrate it whenever they hit each one of those milestones. So here's what those four key milestones are. First, read the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Okay. Like 
I celebrate that with them. And I say, hey, just keep on your Bible reading plan. And when you get finished with the whole Bible and you've officially read the entire Bible for yourself, okay, we are going to celebrate it together. That is an awesome milestone that I encourage them to aim at. The second milestone is to go on a missions trip. Go somewhere other than the local area where you live. Preferably go to another country, okay? Go to uh, uh, anywhere, I don't care. Go to another nation, get on a missions trip, and go and get a feel for what Jesus is doing in the nations of the earth. You know, get outside your little bubble of the area, the country, the city where you live, and go to another place, another people, and share the gospel there. You know, there's tons of different ways and missions trips that you can get involved in. And I'll help them find that if they need to. And and I go on missions trips and, and, you know, our church sometimes will have missions trips. So I always encourage them, go on a missions trip because I want them to have a great commission lifestyle where they're making disciples locally, but also engaging the unreached people groups um, with the gospel. And then, uh, so going on a missions trip, when they go on a missions trip, we celebrate it. It's going it, to, it's a great thing. The third uh, milestone that I encourage them to aim at is when they lead somebody else to Jesus and baptize that person, we're at a milestone. We're going to celebrate it. Okay. So they're already sharing the gospel. When they share the gospel with someone and they lead that person to Jesus and then they're going to baptize them because that's the beginning of discipling them, making a disciple. We're going to celebrate it because they are a bona fide, fruitful disciple maker at that point. And that is huge. And I always tell them, I was like, do you know how many Christians uh, in America have never even shared their faith with somebody, let alone led another person to Jesus. And I'm like, you're not going to be that way. You're going to be a biblical disciple. And a biblical disciple is a disciple maker. And so we celebrate it. When they lead someone to Jesus the first time and they baptize them, we're going to celebrate it. And, and I always tell them, I said, listen, you're already sharing the gospel. You just work the process and be diligent and steady at it. It's just, a, it's just any moment now. It's just a matter of time until you find a person in peace and get to lead them to the Lord. So, uh, yeah, we celebrate that when it happens. And then the fourth milestone is this. When they disciple somebody else. So when they train somebody else to understand the 12 chapters, the biblical storyline. When they train another believer to practice the five habits. When they train another believer to accomplish the four milestones, we celebrate that because... When they've gotten to the point where they have trained somebody else, in in the in, they've effectively made a mature disciple is what they've done. When they've done that, they have matured to the point where they are an effective, mature, and fruitful disciple maker. And we celebrate that. That is a huge milestone in, of growth in their ministry effectiveness and their fruitfulness and their walk with the Lord. So we celebrate that. And so that's the disciple making plan. That's what I do. And um, anyway, I hope that was clear. I hope it was even recorded to be honest with you, but I I hope it was clear on the video. Um, I'll just end with this. You know, the other day I was meeting with a guy, I've been discipling him for about three months and I got out this sheet of paper. That's the explains the disciple making plan that, that I just explained to you. And I said, hey, I want to encourage you. I said, you've been, you've been doing this thing. We've been meeting for about three months, right? Where you've been just going hard after following Jesus. And he's like, yep. I'm like, okay. So here, and I show them, this is the disciple-making plan that I'm doing with you. 
And I'm like, look at this already. You're only three months into it. And listen, we're already, you know, about a third of the way through the biblical storyline. Because him and I, we're going through it extra slow. I'm doing more than 12 chapters with him just for fun because we're not in a rush and we got the time to do it. So we're doing the longer version, the, the more fun version. I'm like, dude, you're already this far into the biblical storyline. You've already learned this much in just three months. And I said, not only that, but you're practicing already. You're only three months into your walk with the Lord and you're practicing all five of the habits of a fruitful life. Already you're doing it. You have a prayer life. You were just telling me about how you were feeling God's presence this week and how God spoke to you and you were praying and asked God's help and then he gave you a word and he responded. He was answering your prayers. I'm like, man, you've got a prayer life, dude. You're doing it. I'm like, you're already, you've got a Bible reading plan. You're doing it. I'm like, you're you're obeying God. You're living for Jesus. You're, you are doing godly fellowship already. You're doing it really well, not only with me, but with some others as well. And then I told him, I said, dude, you're already making disciples. We've gone out together several times and sharing our faith. And even when I'm not with you and you're at school or somewhere else, you're sharing your faith. I'm like, you're doing it. You are practicing all five habits of a fruitful life. I'm like, you're about to go on a missions trip in a month and you'll cross that milestone off. You're already on your way to reading through the entire Bible. It's just a matter of time. You're sharing your faith any moment now you're going to lead somebody to Jesus. I'm like, dude, you're only three months in and look how far you've come already. And he was so encouraged. I was encouraged, but he was like, wow, I'm really growing. God is changing my life. And he was excited. And so I, I just, I find it really helpful. The way I used to disciple people, uh, I, I used to do this and it would always end up being frustrating and, and not as helpful is we'd meet together like weekly or something, but I didn't really have a focused plan like I just told you about where I was training them in specific things that they need to know to grow in God. So we would just meet together and it would just kind of like have a conversation. I'd be like, well, how are you doing? What's God doing in your life? You know, and some weeks it would be good. Some weeks it wouldn't be that good. You know, they'd be like, oh, you know, God's doing this. Or maybe even like, oh, nothing. I don't know. Nothing, nothing, nothing really. I don't know. Uh, I'm like, well, what's God saying to you? I don't know. How do you feel like you're growing in the Lord? Mm, I don't know. Or sometimes they would, but a lot of times it was just like, okay. Or, or they'd just be like every single week they got the same problem. Like, oh, I'm just struggling in this. And they just want like a counseling session. And, 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 and I would get frustrated. They would get frustrated. It wouldn't be very helpful because um, the, the, the whole focus of our meeting, they were the center of focus instead of Jesus. And so I want right away in, with this, this this 12 stories, five habits, four milestones structure, Jesus is the focus. And I'm training them in the way of life that they're going to daily interact with Jesus, become like Jesus, and make Jesus known to other people. And you know, there's like a ton of growth that happens in their life when there's focused intentionality. So I am really pleased uh, with the fruit that I'm seeing. And, you know, I'll probably keep tweaking this plan, you know, because I'm going to be a lifelong student of how to be more effective at making disciples. Um, but at this point, this is what I'm doing. And I, I'm, I'm encouraged by the fruit that I'm seeing. So I just wanted to make a video where I could explain it in a lot of detail so that you can go out and put it into practice or adapt it and, you know, tweak it, make it your own if you want to do that. But I encourage you, you can be fruitful at making disciples. Um, encourage you to just uh, take it and run with it. 
And uh, yeah, thanks for watching.